When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Ah! Is there a door behind all those spiders? It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah, this is perfect. Relax, you booked a Verbo. Hey, what's up everyone? Ben Kitzel here with exciting news about Spotify. Download the Spotify app today and you can listen for free on Spotify. You can download episodes with a free account and all LPN episodes are already available over there. So go to Spotify, get the app and listen for free to your favorite shows here on the Last Podcast Network. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Morningstar. How you doing, Travis? Hey, so is Bloomberg's campaign, is that like a money laundering scheme or something? Because could be. Could be. I, I don't really understand what's happening. Last night during the debate, yeah. he uh, his team tweeted out that he can fit 9D batteries in his mouth. <laughs> well, it's better than this him is, fitting 9D batteries somewhere else, this is real, which I'm sure he can also do. This is These are real <laughs> tweets that, I mean, he his team was actually tweeting, like, basically copy and pasting Chuck Norris jokes right. onto his onto his campaign Twitter. Well, he's hip. He's cool. Chuck Norris jokes. Those are what everyone is thinking right now. That's the epitome of comedy. Yeah. So, I mean, I, here, I, I'm actually going to write some additional uh, tweets for Mike Bloomberg 20, okay. 2020. All right. Um, so, uh, here's some drafts you guys can use uh, in the Bloomberg team. Great. Uh, Bloomberg uses ribbed condoms inside out, so he gets the pleasure. <laughs> oh, God. It's so <laughs> disgusting. I never want to think about that whatsoever, but thank you for planting that image in my mind. Bloomberg sheds his skin twice a year. I do believe that's true. Uh, in the in an average living room, there are <laughs> 1,242 objects that Michael Bloomberg could use to kill you, including the room itself. All right, there you go. H.H. The, Holmes is running for president, yes. everybody. Michael Bloomberg, of course, uh, one of the things that no one talks about regarding Uber here in New York. And, of course, we're going to get to the Democratic debate here in a second. Also, Andrew Yang picked up a big endorsement. We're going to talk a little bit about Jay-Z. He's doing some good work for criminal justice reform. And uh, we are also going to talk about MJ Lee, the woman who planted the story or who was complicit in planting the story that Bernie Sanders is a sexist. Uh, he says no woman could be president, even though in 1988, uh, before it was in vogue and before Twitter, I uh, had a hashtag for everything, said that, yes, indeed, a woman can be president. And also clarified once again that Hillary Clinton won three million more votes uh, than Donald Trump, calling the entire scandal completely l- ludicrous and uh, in doing so. Helping Joe Biden when it comes to dividing the progressive candidates for the nomination within the Democratic Party. So before we get to that, Michael Bloomberg, (laughs) did you hear his Uber? Why we have Uber here in New York? No. So Michael Bloomberg was totally against Uber. He's like, no way. We got a taxi commission here. Absolutely no Uber kind of going that route. And then the leader of Uber, the owner of Uber, the CEO of Uber came in and was like, no, dude, I know you have $300 million invested in taxi licenses. So if you don't go with Uber, we're going to expose all of that and all of that corruption. So what did Michael Bloomberg do when he approved Uber? He also split that $300 million that he had in taxi licenses to Uber stock. So no matter what, Bloomberg was able to win. And that is a perfect example of why we don't need another billionaire businessman in the White House, because everything they do is to protect their bottom line, not help the American people. So that's just a classic Bloomberg. Bloomberg classic is, Bloomberg. Bloomberg is a he's like a vapor. Like he's not he doesn't exist as a real person. He wasn't on the stage last no, night on wasn't. the debate. I think he His only camp- he only exists as ads. He, only he really ex- does. He only exists as political ads in the in the cyberspace. It's amazing. He's like lawnmower man. He really honestly that's a great movie too. They could remake that. Yeah. Lawnmower man. I could go for a solid remake because the graphics in the original not that great, but the concept brilliant. Well, it's high time because uh, I mean it's it, it was loosely uh, adapted from a Stephen King short story. And so now Stephen King's getting back in the movie game. Uh, I think it's about time we get a 
like a Stephen King approved lawnmower man. I'm with you on that. Yeah, Michael Bloomberg at this point, he's kind of like the cowboy from Willy Wonka who's like, I want to be on TV. <laughs> and then he just zaps himself on television because he's got that kind of money. Well, that seems Don't forget be, yeah. he has an entire news agency yeah. named after him. Well, I think that character also applies to Tom Steyer as well. Yes. He, both of them are the, the cowboy child from although, Willy Wonka. Although Tom Steyer, to a lesser degree when it comes to media, Bloomberg is a media magnet. That's where he made yes. a lot of his money. Yes. So I think he's a little bit more equipped when it comes to knowing how to advertise, knowing where to advertise. God knows if you were at a sports bar this weekend, you probably, no exaggeration, saw 40 to 50 Bloomberg ads. Yes. They were just everywhere, papering every single channel. He knows where the eyeballs are, and he's trying to get as many ads as possible. And it seems like it's kind of working because so far he's at around 8%. He's 8% the, uh, against all, in defiance of God. He, he hasn't done anything. No. He's literally done nothing. He hasn't been on the debate stage. I don't believe, I know he has his bus yeah. that he's hanging out on and eating oysters and I don't know what rich people eat. I have no horses, maybe horses. I have no clue. Little people. I have no idea. But he's on his bus. I don't know if that bus has stopped anywhere, but nonetheless, he does have a campaign bus. But just because of the ad buys, he's able to get 8%. And it's not as if his name recognition is through the roof. But again, he's got the channel, the Bloomberg channel. The Bloomberg brand is fairly large. And when it comes to mayors of New York, he was better than de Blasio, although his illegal third term was was horrible. And I think if you're a, you know, I, I will say cynically, I think if you're a media person, you probably look to Bloomberg as a potential empl employer. Absolutely. So you're just like, maybe I won't. Better be nice. Yeah, better be nice. Well, speaking of not being nice, let's talk a little bit about what's going on. Speaking of not being nice and media, CNN, they hosted the debate on Tuesday. Travis and I are going to break down the best and the worst performances, starting at number six and counting down to number one uh, for being the best performance. Let's talk a little bit about this MJ Lee story that was planted by the Warren campaign regarding Bernie Sanders evidently having a dinner with Elizabeth Warren in 2018. Apparently, Bernie Sanders told Elizabeth Warren, a woman can't be president. Uh, that's my Bernie impression. Pretty good, right? Pretty good. A, 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 yeah. a woman can't be president. Uh, a woman can't be president. That's what Bernie told Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren didn't deny it. Um, she also didn't say it was true. She sort of wanted to split the difference and say, whatever, I don't want to talk about it. Bernie is my friend, but let's talk about how a woman should be president and how a woman could be president. This led to a very contentious debate on stage and also on social media. I also want to talk a little bit about Iran, uh, about Iran after this uh, conversation, but so there was a contentious argument on Twitter, on social media, and on the stage regarding if Bernie Sanders said a woman could not be president. So let's just try to break this so down a little bit. It's very disappointing because you have the two most progressive people in the the Democratic candidate uh, lineup right. now. Um, or now they're adversaries, like in a very true sense. So let's talk about a few conspiracy angles on this. Number one. <laughs> So Elizabeth Warren, she is slipping in the polls in the early primary states, and uh, there are a lot of people who say, well, this is her Hail Mary. This is her saying, hey, uh, pay attention. Look at what I'm doing. A woman is strong. A woman can be president. I'm not necessarily sure. If, I don't know if the angle or the approach is going to uh, be successful in what she's attempting to do, but let's take a look at some of the numbers right now in the early states. So, Travis, where yeah. are the candidates at uh, right so now? So who's leading the Democratic Party in those states? Well, Joe Biden, and this is uh, from MorningConsult.com, um, and this is a poll from before the debate, but I think it probably reflects roughly what's going on here. Um, yeah, we went with this poll because we haven't seen too much change after the debates. They haven't really moved the needle too much one way or another, but, so I uh, think this poll should be overall, still trusted. Overall, it looks like Joe Biden is at 29%, uh, Bernie Sanders 23%, mm -hmm. and then Elizabeth Warren is down to 14%. Okay. And then you have Bloomberg at 8, Buttigieg at 8. Yang at five, and then Steyer at four, and then Klobuchar is even below that at three. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, I... So we have Elizabeth Warren sinking in the polls right now, so there's a lot of people that speculate that's why this was planted, uh, given to MJ Lee from the Warren campaign, and of course this is another example of television news completely dropping the ball, not actually being journalists, just being mouthpieces 
for campaigns, regardless if it's a lie or not. Look no further than Donald Trump asking Zelensky to go on CNN. CNN, no doubt, would have taken Zelensky. Of course, that's the uh, president of Ukraine. They would have allowed Zelensky to go on air and lie on air and wouldn't have pushed back whatsoever. This is why we have so much misinformation, so much dis- disinformation and an electorate that is underprepared when it comes to who these candidates are as we go to the polls in 2020. So, I mean, it is it is no surprise that this everyone is attacking Bernie right now. And that's because everyone is also reporting that Bernie Sanders could potentially win the nomination. This is now it's now it sort of has dawned on media overall like, oh, Bernie Sanders could actually win this thing. And you have a lot of you have a lot of articles uh, stating that in the headlines. Um, so it's no surprise that almost two weeks before the Iowa caucuses that that Warren is coming out with this very, I will say, obvious smear. Yes. Now is the time to remember that your good friend Bernie Sanders right. is a secret sexist? It makes no sense whatsoever. And after the debate... Uh, the most memorable moment for Tom Steyer within the debate was he going over to Sanders and Warren as they were talking. Bernie Sanders extend, extended his hand uh, for a theoretical handshake, and Elizabeth Warren sort of grabbed onto her own hand uh, and did not shake Bernie Sanders' hands for no reason. Because I guess evidently they're they're really mad at each other now, and yes. Elizabeth Warren yeah. is so tough. My thoughts on this are... Uh, and of course, Tom Steyer having the memorable moment where he looked around, he's yeah. just wanted to say hi to Bernie and hello to Elizabeth. And then he was just like, oh, OK, you guys are fighting. I'm going to go. I will see you guys in <laughs> second period math class. Goodbye. Uh, that was the most memorable moment for Tom Steyer in the entire debate. I don't know. I but liked we, when he was staring at my into my soul uh, for most of the debate, <laughs> when he, he looked like he was going to crawl out of the TV like the, the girl from the ring. I, I definitely was scared. He sent a shiver down my spine. Yeah. No denying that. So when it comes to Elizabeth Warren, my concern is if she can't deal with the mild amount of criticism coming from the Bernie campaign, and I'm not talking about these stupid-ass hashtags on Twitter with Bernie bros or Yang gangs or Elizabeth lovers. I have no idea what they're called. She was complaining, her campaign was complaining that Bernie Sanders was sending out bullet points to Bernie supporters that were going door-to-door to recruit voters for Bernie Sanders. And they were complaining that Bernie Sanders was slandering Elizabeth Warren's record. They were complaining that Bernie Sanders was um, arguing that he is the true progressive. If Elizabeth Warren cannot handle (laughs) kids going door to door and expressing why they think Bernie is different and better than Elizabeth Warren, Donald Trump is going to destroy her, not to mention when it comes to uh, a history of deception. And I, you know me, I really loved a lot of what Elizabeth Warren was doing. But this recent cycle, how she's handled the small slip in the polls, yes, it has been so disheartening and so disappointed. Let's not forget, 1988, Elizabeth Warren was still a registered Republican when Bernie Sanders was arguing for a woman to be president. In 1996, that was when she finally switched over to become a Democrat. In 1996, Elizabeth Warren, when asked if she was a Republican, previously said, quote, "Uh, well, I don't really remember. I wasn't really uh, political back then. (laughs) Elizabeth Warren is a political nerd. Yes. She said one of her first thoughts when she was six years old was about politics, which also might make her a sociopath. Mm -hmm. She knew that she was a registered Republican. And let's not forget, when we're talking about mid-70s, all the way up to mid-90s Republicanism. Who do we got? She voted for Gerald Ford in 76, although she then says, I don't care. I thought Jimmy Carter was also a good guy. Republican. You can only assume she voted for Ronald Reagan twice because Ronald Reagan's approval rating amongst Republicans was through the roof. So now we have three Republicans in a row, assuming that she stuck with her Republican party and i'm assuming that she did because that's what happens when you're registered to a party you tend to vote along with them let's say she voted for um ronald reagan twice this man again is responsible for uh, getting rid of mental health institutions uh for the aids epidemic not helping aids uh, patients because they were gay this man is responsible for destroying what little civil liberties we had left in this country. This man is responsible for the huge corporate grab when it comes to our American democratic system. This man is responsible for countless, countless things that our country is still trying to heal from. 
So the audacity, and then of course we have the situation where she claimed to be Native American, not to bring that up. I'm just saying there is a series of things that you can point to where it's like, okay, this isn't a fun little hashtag. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren doesn't necessarily have like the greatest history of honesty. And Bernie Sanders has had a consistency when it comes to his belief that a woman can be president. Well, what underlines the kind of craven ploy aspect of this is the the language believe women is now being employed to defend Warren. And I'm sorry, but believe women is about uh, sexual, sexual assault. assault accusations, not um, a what a sentence what is, uttered at what a is dinner. Clearly a Rashomon type uh, conversation that was ha- held in the green room of a behind a debate stage uh, in 2018. And the, not, I, the idea that yeah. this is now that she is remembering this now is just too convenient and it seems like mm-hmm. an unsophisticated miscalculation on her team's part to divide two progressives like this i agree i agree the victim card is not going to get you elected president it might sell some books for you but it's not going to work in the political theater specifically in the political theater uh, that we're currently that political actors are currently performing in so there's no way that this has been a positive thing going forward for elizabeth warren trying to play the woe is me card So we have that aspect of it where the Warren campaign is slipping. They plant the story with MJ Lee, who obviously, you know, these people all know each other and they just kind of text each other. It's a very small world politics, just like the entertainment industry. Well, it's it's, a tiny world. It's kind of stupid that it it basically like leaked from a Slack conversation. I mean, this is how sloppily this came out. And then uh, Warren sort of had no hand in it at first, but then she made the deliberate uh, effort to lean into it. To lean in, not deny it. Yeah, and that was a gift to Biden at the debate. Exactly. So that's where we're going to get it to now. So Elizabeth is sinking. Also, we have the situation where CNN is putting on these debates. And in order to put on a interesting debate yeah. that is just as stupid as apparently the th- they think the American people want it, they need to have some hot goss. Yeah. And that's what these debates are. Make no mind about it. Th- these are debates about gossip not policy, and that's why our country is failing so miserably now, on are, so many levels. So I think when it comes to CNN, you have MJ Lee. They put her right on stage. She's with Wolf Blitzer uh, in the Situation Room. There's always a situation going on and a lot of breaking news. It seems like everything is breaking news these days. She goes with the story. The Chiron on CNN yes. is literally Bernie Sanders denies making sexist remarks. Yes. Which everyone, you know, CNN is constantly on at airports or just in random, you know, bars with no sound. So you don't hear uh, what the conversation is. You just see the Chiron and the statement being made, Bernie Sanders sexist. That's all that people are going to see. CNN planted, uh, went with this story without any verification so they could trump up viewership for the CNN debate. Everyone was waiting for the question to come up. A lot of people said, oh, it's going to come first. No, they did it. At the, it was the last question of the first hour yes. to really hook you in for the next hour. And the way that that went down was so obviously on purpose by CNN to get viewers. So we have that aspect of it where CNN benefits from this quote unquote controversy or quote unquote feud. So we have that aspect of it. That's why corporate media can't be trusted. Then we have the other aspect of it, which is slightly more nefarious. Yes. Which is it was designed on purpose by corporate media in order to divide the progressive vote and give Joe Biden a clearer path in the primary. I certainly think it was something that the corporate media seized upon, if not orchestrated. Mm -hmm. So the way they framed this whole thing was uh, Warren and CNN confirms... That Which is not, th- that's not a con- confirmation. Th- th- that's like it, one hand clapping itself. They, they confirm this and then they'll they'll go to Bernie Sanders to further implicate him in a lie. Exactly. Um, but the, the exchange with CNN moderator Abby Phillip went like this. Phillip says, uh, so you're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. Bernie Sanders says, that is correct. Uh, Phillips then turns to Senator Warren. Senator Warren, uh, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? Interesting. And then Warren says, well, I disagreed. Uh, So, I mean, it's just a complete frame job. Total. And, oh, my God, they took such joy in... in, in, At a certain point, Sanders had to laugh because he realized that... I think he realized, oh, I'm in a... uh, I'm in a trap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just straight up in a trap right now where um, I don't, my voice is completely falling on deaf ears. Elizabeth Warren is being played by corporate media and doesn't even know it. 
And that's, then, that's what I'm thinking at this point. Elizabeth Warren is being played by corporate media to divide the progressive vote, and she is doesn't even get it. Like, imagine how relieved Biden and his team must have felt when they realized that this debate was not about his uh, his Iraq record, his exactly. war on Iraq record. And I thought foreign policy, and let's talk a little bit about foreign policy here. I thought foreign policy, and we'll then we'll rank the uh, the candidates in the debate. I thought foreign policy was going to be front and center, obviously, because, um, because maybe we hmm. almost had a war with Iran. Do you remember that when hashtag World War Three was trending, but then like it never happened because Twitter's not real? We were completely right in our last episode. Some people did say I talked over you. Uh, but you got to fight. You got to fight, Travis. I got to fight for my, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You got to fight for your right yeah. to talk here. There's yeah, yeah, a First yeah. Amendment, but there's also a Second Amendment. So get a gun. My adrenal glands are shot pretty much 24-7, <laughs> so this is the highest energy level I can really muster. Uh, hey, buddy, that's good radio. When it comes to, now I forget, when it comes to uh, Iran, I talked about how corporate media wanted war. I got a couple of messages being like, you're a liar. Every single pe- person on corporate media is against the war. What I'm telling you when I say they're for the war is MSNBC, they had a special program called Crisis Iran. That is to get viewers. They're, they're, the crisis at that point was already basically eliminated. We have the situation going on when I say that corporate media wants war. It, I'm not necessarily saying that they're out there being like, let's go to war. They want the conflict, even if they are yes. pretending to be against the conflict, because that's how they get their ratings and their money. Yes. And Northrop Grumman. Uh, all of these massive, you know, war machine companies—they sponsor it all. So when I say corporate media wants war, I'm not saying that they're not saying uh, that they that this might be a disaster. They will still benefit greatly, the pe- even if it is a disaster. The people who have direct investments in weapons and uh, overseas conflict are the experts that a lot of these a lot it's of these amazing. media networks are turning to on situations like uh, escalation with Iran. Well, I mean, let's not forget MSNBC now has Bill Crystal is their like go-to moderate. Bill Crystal is batshit yes. insane. Bill Crystal is a war mongerer. If he was in the Bush administration, he is also complicit in war crimes. That entire administration should be in prison behind bars forever, dying a slow, painful death. So the audacity when it comes to the way that these corporate media outlets have covered uh, what the conflict was in Iran or potentially was in Iran, that's what I am talking about. I'm not saying that they are out there being like, let's go to war. I'm saying it doesn't matter if they're saying let's go to war or not go to war. This is the conversation they love. This is what's getting eyeballs. This is the let's get a new show. I, I produced on Fox News in 2016. You literally like Crisis Iran. That's a really fun, new little yes. flashy show that they can get on at 8 p.m. and hopefully get, you know, on the Nielsen ratings and try to score a two or something. Yeah, the same way that Warhawks want to deploy Tomahawk missiles, news news places like fucking CNN would love to deploy uh, attention-grabbing headlines. Absolutely. That's all they care about. That That's it. So. Um, but so going back to the, the debate, I, I mean, but I just want to toot our own home. We were right because oh, no well, longer this war. You're not going to hear anything about Iran. That's I, a, I swear to God. And people, you know, well, anyway, our listeners media are very drumming smart. up wars. Is, I mean, yeah, we're right. But it's also kind of like a free throw. It's a tails. Uh, yeah, it's a, <laughs> but Shaquille O'Neal. He was one of the best centers of all time. He could make a free throw. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, I mean, Biden got away with it. <laughs> Biden got away with it in this scale. debate. I mean, he's like sundowning before our very eyes, and he he is going to skate away from this. Um, maybe rising in the polls. He certainly is. You know, he absorbed Booker's two percent. Yeah, Cory Booker's out. Uh, Booker's out, and that two percent is going to go far. So let's rank the Democratic candidates from six to one, starting with number six. Who did the worst and going down, who did the best? Number six, my candidate is Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer. Now, because <laughs> I don't know why he was there. I would have actually liked to see Andrew Yang, who did, we'll talk about here in the future. It did seem like Tom Steyer was in a like presidential candidate simulator. Like he, So weird. He He's enjoying himself um, and his fun ties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also, it just kind of seemed like he only knows how to pitch like Dyson Airblades. He, he, yeah. he doesn't really know why he's there on the stage well, and Dyson makes a great vacuum oh they make it fantastic they really do they do the tornado yeah what bothered me so much about him what he does is the thing where it's like we need to start talking to the American people about the issues that they're facing on a daily basis we need to ask the tough questions we need to be out there fighting for everyone with policies that make sense about the environment okay 
but then there's no beneath layer to be like how how are you going to do that why are you going to do that what's the policy in place that's going to achieve that it is just this generic shallow rhetoric that means nothing to no one because there is no substance in it and we're still in the these are the last debates before Iowa and New Hampshire and others and this is the stuff we're talking about can a woman be president and Tom Steyer just bloviating about questions we need to have asked but not even asking the question that would be the one that he would like to answer it just made no sense to me he, he just came across as shallow and again as uh, as Travis said he just paid to be on TV Donald I mean Donald Trump has given you the script the outline for what it takes to be a millionaire political person which is you have to like scream about uh, not enough, you know the water being too hot or like whatever the hell he's talking about I in debates be. now he's talking he's like railing against appliances you really have to talk about <laughs> well, you really have that to talk- connects though <laughs> everyone makes fun of him for that stuff but, but that connects. toilet talk connects talking about the how the, <laughs> the water pressure of showers is too weak that is that is the kind of stuff you have to talk about if it you're really a, is because guess what you paid for your way to be on stage right. but now people don't want to hear you talk about this kind of um like vague nonsense that Tom Steyer was talking about. They want you to talk about water pressure. Yes, absolutely. They want you to talk about like how a bidet works. And well, like, how does a bidet work? I would love to hear how a bidet works. Although uh, Donald Trump talking about bidets makes me slightly nauseous because we know what bidets do, and I don't want to think about that man's butt. Nonetheless, Tom Steyer number six. Again, not a lot of substance. But also, no not, idea why he was there. You know what I will say? And- not hurtful. Not hurtful. Not no, hurtful. I don't think he's not malicious, which is a which is a thing that I didn't think I would have to like really uh, consider with this group of people. But I mean, the, yeah, there was like a he was he was benign, and he we, was and we, benign, and we saw his his benignness uh, at the very end when he he was just a guy at an awkward he was an I awkward know. guy at a party. It was a bad prom for him. It's very sad. But his entire argument about running against Donald Trump on the economy that's probably not going to work out. The markets are through the roof right now. The economy at least in the Wall Street sense, is doing great. I mean, it is all-time records. But, of course, he has the caveat of putting in place environmental um, restrictions on these corporations and things like that. That's sort of the caveat that he's taking when it comes to the economy being like, but we also have to put in in, uh, environmental restrictions. But I think that running against Donald Trump on the economy is going to be a doozy. I think you have to do education. you got to do immigration. you got to do health care. Infrastructure. You have to do the. You have to focus on the things that he is not doing a good job at. Yeah. And the economy for Tom Steyer just simply isn't one. So I don't see the path for forward for him you, in 2020. I don't know what lane he fills. Can and, you imagine him on a debate stage with Trump? Oh my God! Like he might literally get a wedgie. He might literally he might. get wedgied by Trump on stage, and nobody would stop Trump. He makes he makes Joe Biden look like. Uh, Fucking Joe Camel. He makes him look like Joe Camel. He makes him look like a pop tart. He's so he, this guy is such a little. What's what's the word? What is the name of those little horrible crunchy ass breakfast snacks that people are supposed to eat? Uh, like, uh, milk toast. Milk toast. Milk toast. I think you're thinking of like. What are the, what are the name of those things? You know, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm gonna say, <laughs> but I'm gonna say, good, good friends. Have you seen the serial Good Friends? <laughs> no, I haven't <laughs> seen it. Or Kashi. Kashi is Kashi. A, yeah, All right, yeah. fine. I'm thinking. You know, oh well, this isn't. This is not a podcast about hard breakfast breads. Well, and I'm sorry for. It's I am okay. actually sad about that. It's okay. It's okay. We can always add a new show later to the LPN Network. Um, thanks for supporting. Kind of fun, by the way. The wrestling podcast. It's going very well. So I don't understand where Tom Steyer's path is. I don't know why he's there. So number six, Tom Steyer. My number five, I'm going to give this to Amy Klobuchar because, again, the lane that Amy Klobuchar is trying to fill is the lane that Joe Biden currently has occupied and his lane is full of cars and hers, you know, it's a pretty open highway at this point. So I don't know if she really has any potential to... Uh, get all get enough support within this next few weeks uh, to catapult her into relevancy when it comes to uh, the early primary states. I'm assuming after Tuesday, February 3rd, 
she will be done. A lot of journalists, journalists like Amy Klobuchar for so. I mean, they, a lot of people like her. I don't um, hate her or the candidate for the, to, to be the uh, the nominee. I don't really understand the appeal. She needs to like heal. Because every time that she talks, she's like, and I just want to say, everyone that I ran against, they never ran for political office again. And then she wa- then she says, like, every one of my ex-boyfriends voted for me. It's like, you need to, like, heal. I don't know. Like, congratulations. I don't know how that makes you better or worse. I was kind of... Um, cons- you need to call these people, I think. I was kind of concerned for her during the debate. She was trembling as if there was somebody off stage with a gun to her head. I don't... I don't want to make fun of that because I don't know what she has, no, but she I, I, definitely I, I, has some physical condition. I think she was nervous. I think it was a straight up nerves thing. Do you think so? Yeah, I, I think she was nervous. It looks like it's like an early onset, some kind oh of. Oh God, do I have to, I have to t- tiptoe around everyone's early onset, whatever? I, I don't know. But Every, she everyone is... on that stage is sundowning. Yeah, well, that's very true. So Klobuchar is my number five. Who do you got for five? For five? Yeah. Second uh, worst in the debate. Yeah, I I probably would say uh, Klobuchar as well. Yeah, she's a moderate, and she has proved it to us. She has proved it. She has and again, proved it again and again. That's the that's the Biden lane, and Biden has a lot more experience, specifically in the executive. So I think when it comes to if you're choosing a moderate candidate, you'll probably go with the moderate candidate that has the most amount of experience, even if all of that experience um, isn't that, necessarily and good. And that unfortunately means, I think, once Klobuchar drops out, those votes will go to Biden. Yes, I agree with that. And she, you you start adding this stuff up, you know, 2% here with Booker, yeah. 4 or 5% there with Klobuchar. Uh, you know, you start adding these things up. When Steyer goes out, that's going to be the 4 or 3% that's going to go over to Biden. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. And again, that's why I think there is something nefarious going on trying to break up the progressive wing, because, of course, Warren votes should theoretically go to Bernie and vice versa. But if they fracture those two voting blocks and people say never Warren, never Bernie, it'll definitely be Biden. So number five, Klobuchar and number four. I'm a little conflicted on number four because. This debate was so strange. I'm going to put Pete Buttigieg at number four. Yeah, that's probably where he belongs. But I don't think that he did a particularly horrible job. I just feel like he is not quite ready for prime time. I don't see him really going against Donald Trump. I think he's he's my age, 37. Yeah. I think he needs just a little bit more time to, uh, to marinate. And to, to be honest... You're not getting through a Democratic primary with no black support. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I mean, somebody is uh, was challenging his spot previous. Or I think his his mayorship um, because of the like the, the person that he was running against was riding a wave of like they didn't think that Mayor Pete was representing the black people of South Bend. Like he's right. He's completely lost that that uh confidence from from any black voters i think yeah i i agree with that and whether that be totally true or not obviously you had the police shooting in south bend that a lot of people thought he could have handled better whether it be true or not that he cares about that group of constituents who cares because perception is reality in politics and the perception is he doesn't and that perception continues as we see with the polling data from the african-american voters Uh, Pete Buttigieg not doing great. You do wonder if there's a little bit of homophobia mixed in there. It's possible. Who knows? People have differences, uh, different reasons to not like or like a candidate. Who knows? Either way, he's not he's not resonating with the black vote. And uh, without the black vote, you ain't getting through a uh, Democratic primary. All right. Number three. This is where it gets a little tricky for me. It's Biden. I think it's Warren. You think you think uh... I think Warren got number three because the polling. I don't see her. I don't think that she increased her numbers. I don't think politics is about addition, not subtraction. I do not see her adding to her base. I don't see her adding to her coalition. I felt like the entire conversation was really overshadowed by that ridiculous 15 minute conversation about if a woman could be president or not, because obviously, yes, the answer is yes. And it felt like a fifth grade uh, forensics experience. Her passion wasn't necessarily there. I felt like she was just sort of regurgitating a lot of the same things that she was saying before, given her history 
I don't believe that she is as, as authentic. She did not come across as authentic well, she, as Bernie Sanders when it comes yeah. to progressive Democratic politics. So I think that's why she gets third in my book. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. But what do you? Why do you think Biden? Uh. Well, I mean, Biden was in neutral <laughs> for the. Right. But Biden remained in neutral, and that was to his advantage. Um. He didn't. He didn't go anywhere. But he also didn't get the the big. He didn't get a bat taken to him. Exactly. Um. Which is which he should have. Uh. But you know, Warren. I, she got her. She manufactured a moment for social media. Yes. Which was the. Uh, so. The women rock. Uh. Dudes drool moment. Right. Um. Where she claimed that the only winners on stage were the women, and then the the other guys were have had lost a bunch of elections, which I guess is true, except for Bernie. Uh, Bernie did win in 1990. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. But yeah. You know, that's interesting. You mentioned how Biden goes unscathed. That is why my number two is Bernie Sanders. Number two is Bernie for me. Interesting. Because I felt as if, again, the entire mood of the debate was just to fracture the progressives in this election cycle and this whole debate was cnn versus bernie sanders like, absolutely make no mistake and bernie did his best he, he stuck to his points talking middle class talking wage inequality talking medicaid for all medicare for all talking free public schools uh universities he, he held his own but i don't think he or warren came off any better no. than they did going in it was like uh their energies negated each other yes um and again that was it's i'm not saying it's his fault necessarily i'm because you're right this whole thing was kind of stacked against him from yeah. the beginning you know i was thinking watching the debate you know th this is the first time that i feel like the debates have taken aim at bernie they've always just sort of not paid attention to him in this in this way before right um but now that the now that bernie has a a chance at least in the eyes of corporate media to win this thing they, they're getting they're, scared they're setting their sights on them yep. and uh it reminded me of do you remember back in april when bernie sanders went on fox and did a town hall mm -hmm. yeah he, it was great because a lot of these people loved him yeah he was he did a one he did wonderfully and honestly fox news treated him way better <laughs> Way better yep. than the the CNN moderators absolutely uh, last night. Bernie has populism that without the bigotry, yep. which I really enjoy. And Travis and I were talking yesterday. I am a little bit more fiscally conservative, right? But this is a great point in theory. Um, I still might pull the trigger for Lincoln Chafee. You never know. I might yeah. be going metric. This is a great thing in theory. But you look at what happened with the Republican tax plan that passed, and oh my God. Did that screw us over? Yes. So when it comes to being conservative on the size of government or on um, fiscal issues, it's cute, but it's not happening. Both sides are horrible. And look at the trillions of dollars we have uh, with the deficit. The last time, of course, we had a balanced budget was 2000. Neither both sides are complicit in government bloat and pork. I also think you have to. You have so to. So I, I guess I guess to Travis's point, I guess I would like to at least if I'm going to pay this much money in taxes, yes, at least have it go to something that to is actually good. Actually, is good. Yes. Not kids in cages, but kids in schools. Um, but you have to look. I mean, if you watch the debates, you have to admit that Bernie like was brave about stating his policies, whereas whereas every other candidate folded in on themselves. The way they talked about foreign policy was all homogenous. The way they talked about the Affordable Care Act was all like, let's take this shit thing and then um, apply a bunch of band-aids to it. Whereas Bernie said, absolutely not. We're going to provide universal. He actually he actually had principles on stage, which is so funny because the Democrats are now the party or the progressive Democrats are the party of no Obamacare. Yes. So the Republicans are literally the party preserving as much of Obamacare as possible, yes. which is just that's why politics are always fascinating. But I mean, he really was, even with all the the cards stacked against him, with the media aiming for him, with every other candidate noted, knowing that he is now becoming a front runner, uh, he stuck to his guns and he he laid out all of his policies, were, right. which happened to be uh, opposed to everyone else, including Warren, who has dropped Medicare for all completely from her campaign. She's gone back to her Republican roots. Yeah. So who do you got for number two? Uh, you know, I honestly, I, I, I think it's Biden because of his yeah. neutral stance and the fact that he right. basically survived another day and is able to absorb uh, all these uh, votes from uh, all these people uh, dropping out. Um, I think, I mean, Bernie, aside from his old man 
flub uh, in the middle where he he like interrupted Warren about how he 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 won an election in nineteen. That wasn't his flub. That was like her, I mean, he, that was so he, weird and he, stupid. He was he was dealing with a very strange situation. I just think I think he, she looked worse in that exchange because he did beat a Republican and she's like. And she was a Republican at the time. Exactly. It's so so funny to me. But, uh, I mean, on its face, like, as as far as a popularity contest, that didn't really look great. But um, So you got Bernie at one. I think, yeah, Bernie at one and Biden at second because Biden has, he, all he has to say is, uh, my friend Obama uh, once told me that all he has to do is say that until election day. And um, he could, he could possibly just absorb everyone's power and again i'll wear my biden 2020 pin if i have to if i Um, yeah i have biden number one just because going back to what travis and i were just talking about i think it helped him that nothing changed changed. that's what i that's why i think that the the progressives had a had a shit show on their hands and he just sort of stood there and was like so no one's gonna talk he absorbed the the power of the status quo that's it that that (laughs) that is the only reason i'm giving him number one is because he just stood there and was just like oh they're fighting with each other this time I'll and just he didn't really step have to do much. Back here and watch this uh, completely implode as he shakes hands with everyone uh, in, the, in the news media that helped also, him I, be I able mean, to just stand there and not God, have to do the, anything. The CNN moderator are the moderators not allowed to have charisma? Is that a part of the rules of the debate that they are not allowed to be like um, actual people? Also, the fact that when when whenever um, they talked about healthcare, there was like I forget one one of the moderators was like, "Hey, this is an insurance town." Uh, you're not trying to put all these insurance people out of business, are you? It's like, yes, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to do. The, did you the, did you hear this part where they're like, well, you know, this is a insurance town. Like, what are you right. going to do about all these people that are they're going to lose their jobs once um everyone gets health care? It's like such a um bad faith question right, to right. ask. Absolutely, 87 million people without health care in this country. Uh, a lot of work to do that is much more important than a lot of the nonsense they talked about. Speaking of nonsense they talked about, this impeachment situation going on right now, it did not come up until I think an hour 30 into the debate, and I'm pretty sure they talked about it for about five minutes. <laughs> so after about a month, Nancy Pelosi, let's talk a little bit about impeachment here. So that wraps up the Dem debate. Let's talk a little bit about impeachment here. Nancy Pelosi is officially sending articles of impeachment over to the Senate today. Uh, She found the seven people who are going to sort of manage for the House, uh, sort of defend the House's decision to impeach. So this is the full list of impeachment managers uh, for the Democrats. Again, what do these people do? These folks go in and they basically present the case in front of the Senate. In this case, the Senate are jurors. So you can think about the Democratic Party as prosecutors. And then, of course, Donald Trump will have his defense attorneys speaking after the prosecution. And again, in this case, it is the Democrats. And that group of seven consists of Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler, Representative Val Demings, uh, Representative Hakeem Jeffries, Rep. Zoe Lofgren, uh, Rep. Jason Crow, and Representative Sylvia Garcia. So they will be the ones who are telling the Senate why they should vote to impeach Donald Trump and find him guilty. We have a lot to figure out if we're going to see witnesses, which is extremely possible. We see someone like a John Bolton testify, unlike impeachment, which requires 66 votes from the Senate in order to impeach Donald Trump, which again, tall task, given the makeup of the Senate right now, in order to call a witness, it only takes 51 votes. So it is extremely possible that we do see some witnesses and we do hear from like John Bolton and things like that. So we are just beginning this process. This is going to take Oh, I don't know, maybe two, three, four weeks, something like this. Hopefully, if you are Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, it's done quick. Yeah. Because when they got to get back to Washington to listen and to be in the room during the hearings, what they're not doing is hitting the road campaigning. And what they should be doing is hitting the road campaigning. So this is another gift to joe biden and i am just now thinking of this conspiracy Mm. is it possible nancy pelosi held on to the articles of impeachment long enough (laughs) so that it would take away from uh, the time on the road for warren and sanders and allows literally joe biden to be the only front runner candidate campaigning for the first two for the last two weeks uh, before february who knows 
Possibly. Um, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. I'm throwing it out there. Like the news media, I throw it out there. Man, see if it sticks. It sucks, though. It sucks that the progressive base is going to get split into like this. I hope that they grow up. I hope that they grow up. That's all that they have to do. If it is not, if you if if your candidate does not win, go to the second best option. This is why I wish we had tiered voting. And I believe, what was it, Rhode Island that passed it? Yeah. I think it was Rhode Island that passed tiered voting. I wish we had tiered voting. Because we would have a hell of a lot fairer elections. This but would be. Of this would have a different temperament. Um, and also, it, it really goes to show you how long our elections go for. Dude, they're it way too long. Too long to the point where it's like a it's like a TV show that has to keep coming up with like weird, ridiculous plot lines. It's like an episode wait of until, Riverdale or wait something. Wait until Biden adopts a kid. Yeah, I mean, but seriously, like <laughs> well, here, here we are, like so long in the tooth with this election shit and then uh warren is like um i don't know bernie sanders is a secret sexist sexist like okay, great. Uh, okay yeah let's let's print it um uh, it's just we need election should take um f- uh, three weeks what they do in the uk i believe it's 90 days i it might even be 60 days and that's all the information you need. That's all you need. I don't need to know the biggest bowel movement these people had. I don't need to know who's a frenemy. I don't need to know any of this personal dog crap that has no effect on my life. I don't care. This is why we have politics right now that are cult of personality politics. That's Trump. Bernie Sanders is also a cult of personality politician. Those And there's that is the reason why both of those candidates, Bernie and Trump, have the without a doubt most amount of energy within the field because we have so much time when it comes to the elections that people policy is almost the last thing they think about absolutely well i mean it's it only takes so much time to tell someone your policy right. and then the rest is personality exactly so that's why we have the cult of personality politics we have now which is leading to a dumber and dumber political country which is very very sad um, all right, so that's what's going on with the articles of impeachment. We'll let you know what happens. Mitch McConnell says next week. I think he's the next Tuesday they're going to start this whole process. So we'll watch it and see what the hell they're, they're talking about. Again, I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. it. I mean, to me, it's already done. To me, it's professional wrestling. I'm watching a match, and I saw I saw the script, and yeah, who knows? I'm like, Perhaps I'm, like, I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm definitely not wrong on this. No. I'm like Dr. Manhattan. I can just see the past, present, and future. And yes. it doesn't, I'm, I'm completely unconcerned. Well, we spoke about big debate winners. Let's talk about someone who was not in the debate, who got a big win, and I think almost <laughs> stole the headlines from even the people that were in the debate. Andrew Yang. Yeah, you got the Rick James bump. He got the Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle bump. Dave Chappelle decided to endorse Andrew Yang. And, you know, Andrew Yang... I want him to be governor of New York. He's from Synecdoche. Yeah. So he's a New York guy. He's a New York State guy. I think he would be an incredible governor of New York. It's very possible I vote for him in the primary. I love his stance on automation. He's the only one talking about it. He's reasonable. He's charming. He truly came out of nowhere and has a grassroots campaign that really is what Tom Steyer and Bloomberg are not is Andrew Yang. You know, he's and the only reason he didn't qualify for the debates this past Tuesday was he only got two out of four qualifying uh, polls. So he needed to get two more qualifying polls The Monday. He got one more poll, but they stopped counting. So he actually got three out of four, uh, but he didn't make the deadline. So he wasn't able to be on the debate. And I think that that's unfortunate. I would have easily replaced Tom Steyer with Andrew Yang. Yeah, well, it's a um, it's weird because. You know, the reason Bloomberg isn't in the debate uh, or one of the reasons is because nobody's supporting him with their with their money. Like, no, yeah. he doesn't actually well, he doesn't have need it. He actually doesn't have like donors who are standing behind him because so far, he doesn't give a shit. So he doesn't far, care. He doesn't need it. No. So far, Michael Bloomberg has spent two hundred million dollars of his 50 billion dollar fortune. And you just think about what could he have done with two hundred million dollars? <laughs> like, literally, you could have saved Gary, Indiana. You could go to Gary, Indiana, 200 million bucks investment. You could open up countless restaurants. You could buy the damn place and become king of Gary and save that community. These people just spend money so frivolously and so egotistically. It just drives me completely insane. No, and and instead he's uh, 
He's paying a staffer to tweet out how many D batteries he can fit in his mouth. And of course, maybe that was written by a prisoner because certainly he has prisoners phone banking for him That's or right. did. That's right. Um, so Yang spoke on Tuesday at an event in Ames, Iowa, and that is where he revealed the 46-year-old comedian uh, Dave Chappelle endorsed him. This is what Andrew Yang had to say. He put out a tweet saying, thank you, Dave Chappelle, and welcome to the Yang Gang. You are the best. Let's do this for our kids. Uh, this is according. This is uh, Andrew Yang. This is what he said. He, he says, so I got to say, as a huge fan of Dave Chappelle on so many levels, it was a thrill to hear that he gave me a shout out at his show. Yeah. Yang posted a photo of himself with Chappelle. Uh, Yang previously discussed his love for Chappelle in addition to singing his praises during his bus tour in December. Yang tweeted in August that he saw Chappelle at New York City's Radio City Music Hall on tour, and he loves him. He says, I think he's my favorite comedian. So there you go. Andrew Yang getting the only celebrity endorsement that matters from the stand-up comedian goat, Dave Chappelle, which is very interesting. And, of course, Dave Chappelle is a comedian who has a little bit of controversy himself. His most recent special got a zero on Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't know why. It was quite a good special. Well, uh, I think my my favorite negative review of a movie I've seen recently included the phrase, a dog's breakfast of a movie. What does that mean? I don't know, but I love it. A dog's breakfast of a movie. My Puffin eats amazing amounts of great food. I think I think Puffin has a very unique diet. So this is not uh, this is not a Puffin's breakfast of a movie. But Puffin a, ate uh, some Taco Bell yesterday. Yeah, Puffin eats Taco Bell. But a dog's breakfast, I think, implies uh, not good, not good. Okay, well you gotta not be good. treating your dog better. Okay. Well, some of the controversial things that Dave Chappelle says, he doesn't believe Michael Jackson's abuse accusers, and uh, he defended Louis C.K. in his new Netflix special. Uh, This is the biggest celebrity endorsement that Andrew Yang has received so far. And But also, we got to remember, celebrities are morons. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, oh, take that with a grain of take that with oh, a grain of salt. Of course, of course. I just wanted a reason to talk about Andrew Yang because I think he is out there working his ass off, and I don't know who's running his email, but every day I get like three emails from Andrew Yang, yeah. and then some of them are just like, "Let's talk, Travis. We need to talk. We need to talk." And then some are like, "Oh man, it's not going great. Not going great." And then some are just like. Crushing it. Crushing and I'm like, what is this bipolar like email? Like they gotta get like a one person to email because the different personalities of each email is just like some staffers are depressed and some are very optimistic. Um all right. Well, let's move on here just briefly. Let's discuss what's going on with Jay-Z. Jay-Z doing some good work. Uh, he is in Mississippi right now. He is talking with the Department of Corrections and the warden of the state penitentiary on behalf of 29 inmates who say the two officials have been apathetic toward the violence that resulted in five dead inmates in the past two weeks. This is ridiculous. What happens to people in this country in the U.S. penal system is absolutely unconstitutional, insane. And at this point, I am almost leaning towards giving prisoners the right to vote because as we heard when it comes to Jim Jordan's district in Ohio there is a prison there it's counted uh, when it comes to the census as if they are citizens of that district but of course they don't have the right to vote it's gerrymandered it's redistricted and it's beneficial to the politicians that are pushing the politics that are putting those people behind bars for far too long so the three inmates named Walter Gates Roosevelt Holman and Denoris Howell. Uh, Roosevelt Holman was stabbed to death in a fight the next day, and Denoris Howell, an inmate of Unit 291 at Parchman, was stabbed multiple times and pronounced dead the day after. The Clarion Ledger investigation investigated the problem of prison violence and found in 2014 that, quote, gangs rule the penitentiary while corrections officers insist there is, quote, zero tolerance for violence. The most recent deaths. Uh, call this claim into question. This is what Jay-Z said through his lawyer, Alex Spiro. He says, these deaths are a direct result of Mississippi's utter disregard for the people it has incarcerated and their constitutional rights, which I completely agree with. We need prison reform in this country, and I'm happy to see Jay-Z going out there and helping the people in Mississippi, the inmates who, you know, people make mistakes, and there are, some of those people are not redeemable. You know, you got, like, What was the name of the two assholes that burnt down the house in Connecticut, raped that girl, killed the mom, tried to burn the father alive? The father ended up living. It's truly horrific. We hear stories, obviously, last podcast on the left, 
We know some people are not redeemable and they need to be put away forever. But a lot of people incarcerated will most likely be out on the streets one day. So we should probably be teaching them skills so when they hit the streets, they don't immediately uh, recommit a crime that could then hurt somebody else and then put them right back into prison because they have no other options. So Jay-Z suing Mississippi officials on behalf of inmates. Certainly Jay-Z has enough money uh, to pull something like that off. And I hope that they get justice because every person deserves justice and everyone deserves to be treated with human dignity, even if they are in prison. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's basically, I guess we didn't talk about the War Powers Act. Uh, we do have a War Powers Act going on right now. Um, the House is passing it. Tim Kaine, a senator, along with Mike Lee out of Utah. So we have some, we have uh, strong conservative support and liberal support in order. Basically, it's a resolution that would force the president to ask Congress in any time with any any time he or she wants to go into a foreign conflict, you have to get congressional support. I am for this resolution. I think this resolution is great. I would love if it would pass. They tried to pass something under George W. Bush's administration. But the irony is the president has the power to veto. And that's exactly what George W. Bush did as soon as it hit his desk, because believe it or not, a person who is sociopathic enough to run for president is also sociopathic enough to not want to give up a inch of power. Mm -hmm. So even if this does pass, Trump is just going to veto it. And that's it's kind of uh, counterintuitive yeah. when it comes to, you know, the checks yeah. and balances is sort of askew when the resolution is about the president, because yeah. then the president could just be like, ah, never mind. Uh, good work, guys. It doesn't matter. So um, I, I wanted to clarify something. Uh I was making fun of army recruiters for dangling Dodge Chargers in front of uh, mm -hmm. in, in front of possible recruits, and a, a military recruiter reached out to me and said, "Hey, you know, some of us are trying to change the predatory uh, methods by which we're recruiting uh, young soldiers," and I appreciate that. Huh? Um, but I, I also want to say I am not a fan of the military as an organization. Um, I think that. Yes, some of the recruitment tactics are they prey on young people in 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 like not super honest ways. Mm -hmm. um, I've had friends from high school die because of those because they were successfully pitched on things. But think about how much money you're saving. Uh, exactly. Yeah. You know, you don't have to live life. But and and also, I'm not as 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 a uh, as a member of an ex military family. I'm not super. I'm not a big fan of the way that the military treats domestic abuse um they mm -hmm. oftentimes or uh, uh, addiction uh, within the the military base they off they too far too often swipe those things under the rug uh and do not address them mm. in any meaningful way and if you want to read more about that uh there is an article as recent as september 18th uh, from 2019 called is military domestic violence a forgotten crisis interesting um so i i think that's not something that's brought up f uh, enough but as somebody who has witnessed far too many times domestic abuse mm -hmm. on military bases going unnoticed or unaddressed right um i think it's worth looking into all right interesting indeed yeah we definitely need improvement on that and of course mental health needs to be improved for soldiers returning from war and drug addiction is through the roof alcoholism is through the roof ptsd is high so we need to take care of our vets when they get back and hopefully that can stop some of the um, yeah, problems that, yes. such as the, domestic abuse because it's tied to... is a huge to, part of that. And yeah, so... Uh, I, no one I'm is not born a, bad. They're, they uh, get created. I am, I am, you know, I care about soldiers, uh, potential soldiers, veterans, and the spouses and children of soldiers. Absolutely. The military as, as an organization, the the, the actual policymakers, mm -hmm. um, they need to get their shit together, I think. Okay. Yeah. I, I could not agree with that more. Absolutely. And uh, if you are listening overseas, thank you uh, for uh, doing what you're doing. It does not sound like an easy gig. God knows I would not have lasted 15 minutes when it comes to uh, army training or any kind of military training. Don't like to be yelled at. And then they have it, to do all the physical stuff. And, and it then, has uh, taken you an absurd amount of time to finish Battlefield uh, 2, right? Well, it's Battlefield, I really do like it. Now I'm playing Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> which I'm so I'm solving a lot of murders. I'm playing Division 2 again also. And I'm definitely going to get Resident Evil 3. I'm not sure. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes is pretty fun, though. I'm playing the crime and punishment is Sherlock that, Holmes. Uh, is uh, that like a first-person shooter? Do you play... Uh... No, it's a first-person detective game. Oh, okay. you, have to look at, you have to look at people. You don't shoot any... I, I only shot one person so far, so it's not exactly... 
you know, it's not, there's not a lot of blood. It's Sherlock. You know, he's he's like one of these. He's a smart guy. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Um, okay, everyone, thank you all so much for listening. Let us know what you think. You can find me at Ben Kissel on Twitter, Ben Kissel one on Instagram. Uh, Travis Morningstar is Ghost Garbage, I believe, on everything, right? Yeah. He's yeah, ghost yeah. garbage on everything, so reach out to him. You can always DM me on Instagram or on Twitter. I've, I've been trying to check Twitter a little bit more. Just try to stay in my own little bubble on Twitter because as soon as you get out of it, everyone is just so weird. Twitter is just a place where I put cuss words. That's, <gasps> a, that's, that's all I do. Travis, cuss words. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, never forget, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.